Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Monday night, or rather Monday evening, or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. I want to share something with you guys. Lately, I've noticed that my schedule is just really full. Like, legitimately, every single day, except for maybe... Sundays for the most part. But basically, if we look at the week, every day is booked from the time I wake up to the time I sleep. Like I don't have a moment to just dilly-daddle around on on most days of the week. I mean, literally, Monday through Thursday from like 9:30 or 10 in the morning straight into about 11 p.m. is just booked with my classes, with studying, with teaching, obviously, with marketing stuff, with admin stuff. And there's so much in the calendar and there's not that much time to really add stuff in. And it's an interesting kind of time and an interesting position to be in because there are there are additional things I want to be doing and there's not there's literally no time to add them in. And even simple things like I've noticed this recently and I've been fighting with it and I've been really trying to to hack it and I've been doing an okay job but even just things like answering all the messages I get and answering all the comments and answering all the questions and and all of that it's been I've been slightly slower than I have been in the past literally yesterday I was looking at my phone and in the morning I ha- I had like 12 text messages I had four or five DMs. I had about 10, maybe uh, a little less than 10, maybe six, seven YouTube comments. There were Instagram comments. There were Facebook, whatever comments. There were probably about 25 things to answer. I answered everything and I cleared everything out. And there's emails, of course, on top of that. Don't forget the emails. Oh my God. I cleared everything probably early afternoon. And by the time the evening hit, I think again, I had like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 text messages. (laughs) (laughs) another three four five emails another two three four youtube comments like it's just there's so much coming in and you know i wonder if there's going to be a day where where the whole system breaks and what i mean by that is what i mean by breaks is not that i burn out that's not what i mean what i mean by the system breaking is that i wonder if one day i will not actually be able to answer every single comment and every single email and every like every single everything i wonder if there's a day where i won't be able to because the math of it all is just too much for one person to handle i wonder i don't think i'm there yet i don't think i'm even that close to that point yet but it's interesting to have tasted you know within the past little while how um you know it's just a little bit difficult, right? To someone you're just difficult and you have to push yourself a little bit to be like, oh, you have those seven messages. I'm a little tired, but let's take the 15 minutes and go answer everybody. It's a little bit challenging sometimes, but the reality is I love it. It's a lot of fun. I'm not complaining. I like it a lot. I like all the messages. I like all the comments. It makes me so happy. And I really enjoy helping people, giving advice, and I, I enjoy the interaction. A lot of the messages, a lot of the messages are mandatory messages. They're messages between me and my students or like work-related stuff, or if I don't answer, I might lose a customer or or not get a payment. Like there's stuff like that, of course, as well. It's not 
like a whole bunch of fan mail. As a matter of fact, I would say the minority, the excuse me, the majority is work-related, urgent stuff that needs to be replied to. And then the minority is probably like, you know, random questions from people on Instagram and comments and stuff like that. So just an interesting thing I've been experiencing lately that I wanted to share with you. Another similarly related thing is that in my own city, the, uh, I guess you could say my events, my language learning events are getting bigger and bigger. They're getting more and more popular. And literally every single month, I'm probably, I'm probably seeing, if I had to guesstimate it, I would say like what, 20, 50, 55, maybe like an average of 50 people a week just that are coming through to the events that I'm running. And so that's about 200 people a month that I'm just kind of seeing at my language learning events. Not to mention that more and more people locally are finding me on Instagram, finding me on Facebook. I run a lot of ads and I do a lot of stuff um, locally to be able to increase my local awareness because often the, the local awareness is such a big driver of my business and such a big driver of my work. The reason for that is, you know, when you have, let's say if we look at my Instagram, there's a couple thousand people who follow you. When there's a couple thousand people dispersed across the whole world, obviously that's really like flattering and everything. But when you have those same couple thousand people in the very concentrated area of your city, there's a lot more you can do. You can do a lot more meetups, a lot more events. You can earn a lot more money because you can offer paid services. You have people can hire you for stuff and it's easier because you're in the same city. You can get to each other. You can meet each other. They've met you in person. And so I like having a, a highly concentrated following in one location. I like that a lot. And lately, because things have been growing slowly but surely, you know, it's crazy in a week people see me and they, they've met me in an event or maybe, you know, uh, who knows, they've saw, they've seen something on Instagram and or whatever it is, they've seen some ad. And so people will come up to me and they will say things like, oh, Azarin, hey, how's it going? And it takes me like, I have to sometimes really dig into my brain to figure out who is this person? <laughs> I have to try and remember. And I try so hard, guys. I know I'm going to find a system. I know I will, but I'm new into this kind of you know, this challenge, it's a new challenge for me. And it's not something I'm incredibly used to yet. And I haven't found a good system to really be remembering all these different people that I'm meeting. Obviously, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to remember everyone. I think the math of it is just too much. Um, but I think I can do a really good job. I'm sure I could figure out tricks and tips at a minimum to remember names or to remember like, oh yeah, I met you here. Remember some things about people's lives. Like I'm almost wondering if I need to start like note files or something or like something like that just to keep track of certain people and like help me remember because that's important, right? I think when you meet people and 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 you are, they're, they're coming to your events and you're seeing them regularly or heck, even if you're not seeing them regularly, you know, to be able to have a, I like building relationships and friendships with people. It really, it's a big, it's probably one of the things that makes me happiest in life is the friendships and connections and relationships and, and all of that. And I think it can be difficult to have a real genuine connection with someone if you, if you consistently forget stuff about them. Like they obviously are going to remember me because I'm all over the place. I'm everywhere. You see me on Instagram. You, you bump into me in the city. You know, you see, you hear my podcast. Like I'm, I'm everywhere and I, I do it on purpose. I, it's, a, it's a strategy, I guess you could say. Um, but I don't see you everywhere. I don't. And there, like the people I talk to, you guys are gonna obviously always know more about me 
and then I'm going to know about you. It's going to be by, by the nature of it, unless I'm seeing you very regularly, more of a one-way relationship, right? You're going to know more about me than I know about you. But even if I could fight that a little bit and know something about you, know a couple things, we can actually have a real a friendship or a relationship that's based on something and not just like, oh, hey, who are you? And they're like, oh, I met you at the event. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Like, I don't like that. I want to kind of remember people. I want to remember more people than I'm remembering right now. I want to improve on that front. So just a thing that I'm kind of working through right now. And um, I'm wondering, like at what point, I guess I'm wondering where it leads. I'm wondering where all of that leads in the future. Um, because obviously I, I'm, there's only so much time in a day. I only have so much energy. There's only so many things I can take on my plate. And you know, there will be points. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to, assuming things continue to grow, I'm going to definitely have to get help from different people to help take some things off of my plate um, so that I can really focus on what I do best and continue to um, continue to grow essentially and, and and keep pushing this whole, let's call it language agenda or whatever we want to call it. <laughs> so anyway, those are kind of the major life updates here. Let's jump into the two language learning points of the day. Now, the first one is I want to answer a viewer question or rather a listener question. Well, actually, viewer and listener, I think. Um, it's at Next Level Linguist on Instagram who sent this question to me. Um, he follows my Instagram. I think he follows a podcast. I'm not sure. But at any rate, his question, and I'll summarize this. He's basically asking for some tips to start language exchanges. And he's asking how to get native speakers to participate in these in these exchanges. He says this because he's finding it a bit of a struggle to get something going. Um, and the last completely side note question he had, which will tie into this, is have I gotten a lot of people to sign up through Duolingo? So Duolingo, I host events on there and uh, I assume that's what he's referring to. Duolingo has a, a platform called Duolingo Events to host language learning events and I'm one of the, I'm a host on their platform. Now, um, and last final thing, he's asking these questions specifically with the context of Mandarin and getting Mandarin exchanges going. I'm going to answer the question both specifically to Mandarin, but also in a general sense to help everybody out. So the first thing I want to say here, um, for, for starting language exchanges in general, there are there's a few different one, there's a few different tips I want to give. First of all, you need to understand that depending on where you live, it might it's probably going to be a lot easier to get an online language exchange started than a local language exchange. An example for my personal life, is I have found an unlimited, literally unlimited number of people who do who, who, who would do language exchanges with me online. And by the way, it's not because I post content and people are lining up to do language exchanges with me. Like, no, 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 not, not because of that. Just because of very simple tools that exist online that facilitate the process of finding a language exchange partner. One of my favorite ones is HelloTalk. It's an application. You literally open the app, you sign up, it's, it's free. You indicate your mother tongue and you indicate what language you're trying to learn. And the app will connect you with people who speak your target language as their mother tongue and who are learning your language. And it's all, and literally you can just message them. Be like, hey, how are you? You can talk, you can voice message, you can text. There's so many great tools within the app and it's free. 
Another website I love is italki, italki.com. That is I-T-A-L-K-I.com. We've talked about it a million times on this podcast. This is another fantastic resource where you can find, again, for free, language exchange partners. Literally, I remember I was in China and I actually made a video of this to demo and actually show you the process of finding language exchange partners. There's a video on my YouTube. Literally what I did is I went onto italki.com. I made an account, which takes like seven seconds. It's free. Made an account. I went into the community section of italki.com. I went into language partners. I searched Chinese because I was learning Mandarin or I searched Mandarin. There's like hundreds and hundreds of accounts that pop up. I opened like 20 of them in a different tab, like like right click, open a new tab, right click, open a new tab. I went to each tab. I read about their profile. I kind of looked into them. I hit click message. I was like, hey, my name is Azrin. I see you're learning English. I'm learning Mandarin. I'm looking for people to do language exchanges with. Is that something you'd be interested in doing? I would like to speak with someone at least once a week, blah, 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 blah. You send that message, you know, you'll have to do some digging into the person a little bit, see if there's interests or mention, see if there's something in common, right? Send them not just a copy-pasted message. I mean, copy-pasted could work actually, to be honest, for this. I've definitely done copy-pasted. Just make sure you change the name. That can definitely work, but just do that. Literally, if you message 20 people, you'll get like seven replies to say like, yeah, let's do it. Of the seven replies, you know, probably five of them will fall through because they won't show up for You'll make an appointment to talk with them on Skype or on whatever, WeChat. They're not going to show up for the appointment. You'll be left with two. The two people are awesome. And ta-da, you found two language exchange partners. It's pretty straightforward to find online people. If you want to find people in your city, it can be a little bit more challenging, but it definitely is possible depending on where you live. I think one of the easiest ways to do so is to use a website that we've talked about very often, meetup.com. M-E-E-T-U-P dot com go on meetup and start searching through the groups basically meetup is a is a website that hosts many different local clubs so french clubs spanish clubs hiking clubs you know book clubs movie clubs you name it they ha- they usually have it again assuming you're in a major city or you're you know depending on your your location and often you'll have a chinese club or a mandarin club or a mandarin exchange club right Um, You mentioned Duolingo, actually, Next Level Linguist. You mentioned Duolingo. Duolingo is a very similar function as Meetup. So if you go to events.duolingo.com, I think that's the website, events.duolingo.com, they also have language learning meetups and events that you can attend. Check, like, use those websites, and you can probably, well, cross your fingers, find something going on in your city, and hopefully you can find a language exchange and get something set up in your city. Um... Let me just open that question up again and read it to make sure I've answered every element of it. He's also asked, how did you get native speakers to participate? I mean, I literally just asked. I'm not sure where the struggle is coming from here at uh, Next Level Next Level Linguist. I'm not sure where the challenge is. I literally would just ask them, hey, do you want to do a language exchange? I'll help you with English or French or Spanish or whatever. You help me with Mandarin. I want to talk probably once or twice a week. There we go. And people, you ask enough people, especially online, they say yes. Like, especially if you're on a website like italki or HelloTalk, where the purpose of that app or website is to improve, you know, whatever language they're trying to learn. Like, people I found are pretty open to it. Um, And uh, I, I don't really know what else to say. I would just do that and you'll find people. Last, actually, there's one more thing I'll say. 
Um, I would recommend that you do some Googling and you and you start doing some research on, um, how do I say this? You start doing some research on conversation starters and, and different things to talk about during your language exchanges. Sometimes I find people run out of things to say. And so if you have like a document, there's actually a fantastic, there's a lot of documents actually. If you just literally search a document, like topics for language exchanges, Google that. There's plenty of like PDF documents you could find. If you just send that to whoever you're doing your language exchange with and make sure that you're on the same page of, hey, let's go through these conversations. It'll help give some direction to your language exchanges. Also, if you are more on the beginner side and uh, you're finding it a little bit difficult to come up with topics spontaneously, and maybe your partner is really strong at, in your language, like let's say you speak English, you're learning Mandarin, your partner's English is really strong and your Mandarin is very beginner, you might need to actually understand that you're gonna be speaking more in English because you just don't have the knowledge to be, uh, you don't have the knowledge yet to really hold spontaneous conversations. And so please understand that and just use, you know, maybe you block off if you're talking for an hour, maybe it is 10 minutes of Mandarin, 50 minutes of English, five, zero minutes of English, because you're not gonna be able to carry the conversation. If you find a fantastic language exchange partner, what you can do is you can have them teach you things instead of just conversation if they're really good and they, and they know how to teach, or even better, if they don't know how to teach, Pick some concepts that you're not understanding and use your language exchange partner to, to and, and ask them to help you understand what you're not understanding. So let's say you find a video, you're like, hi, I'm trying to learn the present tense and blah, blah, blah language. It's not making sense. Send it to your language exchange partner. Be like, hey, help me understand this. How does this work? And that way it's going to help your language exchange partner and help them to help you. And it's not putting all the work on them to be like, hey, uh, I don't know what I want to do. I can't do conversations. So uh, teach me something. So um, definitely something I think that can work for you. And then also to answer this here, did you get a lot of people to sign up through Duolingo? Not a lot, man, I'll be honest, Next Level Linguist. Um, when I've been using Duolingo to host events, I'm not getting a ton. I get a little bit of response out of it, but again, not a whole lot. My events are very popular in my city because of my own efforts. Also on the back of meetup.com, um, but even meetup early on, like it was very, uh, a very small number that would be showing up. I think it's just kind of, I've got, I've just done it a long time now or long enough time where we've slowly built it up. But no, Duolingo specifically has not been any kind of magic bullet for me. Um, so yeah. Now, last language learning topic. I have about two, three minutes before I have to head off, before I have to jump off this podcast. But um, I teach at eight o'clock and, you know, I'm just kind of sitting here waiting for the, the lesson to start. But um, last thing I want to say, and it's a random side note, but if you can speak a language really well, it does not mean that you can teach that language. This is a random thought I had when I was driving and it hit me like a gong. It hit me like, it hit me like a gong. I can't think of another way to say it. It just hit me. You, like, it's crazy. Um, I know it sounds like common sense, but it's, it's funny because sometimes I see people that will look for a native speaker to teach them a language. By the way, I do that myself. It's not necessarily bad or good or anything. But what's interesting is that I think some of us have the assumption that because they're a native speaker, they're better at the language and they can help us better. That's not necessarily true. Like legitimately, um, I was in a, I was teaching this uh, French group, group French class. One of the girls was struggling with, what tense was it? One of the verb tenses, I forget what it was. And the other girl who's also roughly at the same level, 
explained it to her friend, or explained it to the, the, her classmate rather, faster than I was able to. Like I was explaining it, she wasn't getting it. Her friend's like, or her classmate's like, oh, hey, it's literally like this. Like, look, the blah, 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 blah. You know this, da, 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 da. And the classmate's like, oh, that makes sense. So like, it was just, it was super crazy to watch. I was like, holy cow, she explained it better than I did. Like, like she did it in a way that was much more clear. And I learned something from the experience. Um, <laughs> and so it doesn't, just cause you can speak, it doesn't mean you can teach. It's a big thing we have to realize. And um, even myself, like I, I consider myself to be a, a pretty damn good teacher and I think I'm pretty good at it. And, um, but even me, there's so much more, there's so much more I have to do to be able to get better at teaching. And the biggest thing, it's funny, I talked to a lot of people who want to tutor, like tutor on the side. Like literally they don't even want it to be their full-time job. They just want to do some teaching. I've met a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people who can speak a language and they're like, yeah, it'd be nice to kind of do some tutoring, but, but they have a lot of insecurities. They're like, I don't know how to teach. A very common one is people are afraid that what if I get asked a question and I don't know the answer? Like I'll look bad, I'll look unqualified, this, that, the other thing. Here's the thing, you actually don't. You know, because all you have to do, what you have to be able to do as a teacher is read information. Like, let's say someone asks you, how does the past perfect work in English or present perfect work or whatever, work in English? Like, if you ask me that question, I know present perfect, but let's say you ask me a, an English tense that I've never really thought much about, I won't be able to explain it to you immediately. But what I can do is I can Google it within 45 seconds, read a quick blog post or skim a quick blog post, be like, oh, that one, I understand that perfectly. And then instead of the student having to read and struggle through the blog post, I can give them a synthesized version. That I think is what really is the mark of a teacher. And so if you're someone who, you know, we can end on this note. If you're someone who wants to tutor or wants to teach, but you're insecure about making mistakes or not knowing how to do it, understand that the fact that you can just synthesize information, if you're able to do that, that's your biggest point and that's your biggest selling point. And you can like, you can definitely do part-time tutoring that way and be a pretty good tutor and be worth the money that you're charging. And as you get, you know, no matter how good you are up front, like I think I was pretty good when I started teaching. Well, actually maybe not, but at any rate, <laughs> when you teach, like you're just gonna get better with time. You're gonna get better. Like I'm so much better I like today than I was when I, you know, picked up my first student ever. Like I'm just, I'm way better. And you know, it's funny because you'll start to realize where you're strong and where you're weak. You're gonna start to realize those things. So where I'm really strong, is I love languages so much it bleeds through and I have a, I'm really good at creating positive environments um, and I want to teach people I want to talk to you I want to communicate um, that's where I'm really strong where I'm really weak is sometimes I need to push my students a little bit more there's students that I could be pushing a little more and if I just did that and push them more I think they would learn better that's something I've realized recently that I'm personally working on um, and uh, yeah. Anyway, so let's wrap this up here. I literally teach right now, so I think it's a good place to end the podcast. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your attention, and we will talk later. Bye for now, guys. See you.